Top Fives, the show of everything Top Fives. I'm Joy Parati. And I'm Sean Day. And today we have, we always say that we have a special show, but we actually do have a special show today. Sean, tell them why. Uh, well, Joey is actually visiting uh, this weekend uh, from Monterey. So he's actually in Los Angeles today in the city of Alhambra. And Al Angels. All angels. Yeah, uh, angels. So we are we are recording uh, in the same room together. This is the first time since uh, we interviewed your dad, which was the first time we recorded in the same room together. Yeah. So um, this should this should prove uh, pretty fun. It, yeah, it should be, man. We don't we never get opportunity to do a top five list uh, or do the show in the same room. So it's really cool to be here, and I'm happy you're here this weekend. We get to hang out and write some music. We can. We're gonna be podcasting this weekend, and we're actually gonna go see Dunkirk in a couple of hours. So maybe so, we'll record a follow up, uh, yes. quick review, quick review uh, to throw up as well. Um, but yeah, anything going on in the well? Yeah, the today's news world. Today is the last day of Comic Con. That's right, and we've had we've had a ton of stuff drop over the last few days. Um, we watched the Justice League trailer drop yesterday, um, which you know. I guess it was better than the the previous two trailers. I'm still not sold on that movie. Um, there's been a lot of talk recently about Ben Affleck, uh, Warner Brothers trying to find a way to gracefully phase him out of the DCEU. Um, so, you know, it's kind of par for the course with DC. You know, things yeah. seem to be really up in the air. Um, uh, we'll, we'll have to see what comes of it. And just... Um you know, I don't know, man. If if it's uh, Ben Affleck being the Batman and they're trying to push Justice League, it's just such a strange thing to hear. Like all these rumors about him not continuing as Batman, and it's probably the worst thing I I feel for the franchise because like they're trying to push the Justice League and have this whole team of people together, and yeah, um, you know, you would be hearing stuff about this like later down the line after they've finished both Justice League movies. So it is quite strange, and I don't know if it's all because of the hype or if it's just a, a rumor machine that just goes around to just have us be talking about it and buzzing about it, or if it's an actual thing that they're going to actually replace him yeah. somehow. I don't know whether to admire WB's tenacity with moving forward or, or what, but, you know, end of the day, they didn't build this universe on solid ground. And, you know, I think it's, it's resulting, you know, from there. It, you know, so it's an it's an interesting one. Yeah, and I mean they had the the great success with like Wonder Woman, and um, you know I feel like they're finally kind of people are are starting to get more excited about like Justice League, and you know with all the news coming out and the footage. Uh, so it is it is kind of strange to like have this like little rumor kind of issue floating around in the corner, um, and I'm sure a lot of reporters or whatever have been asking them about it so yeah we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens and uh, you know i i really still want to see what they're going to do with the batman kind of uh uh you know universe like how they're going to branch those movies off and how they're going to kind of recreate this new batman universe for us which will hopefully you know blend into some of the other justice league films and some of the other characters and exploring they're doing like batgirl with joss whedon and um they're gonna i think they're I heard they're going to do Nightwing somehow or a way or form. Someone's attached to Nightwing. I forget who. I think it's the guy who directed the Lego Batman movie. I want oh, to say. dang! Chris, Interesting. Or er, I forget his name now. 
I'm blanking on his name. But, uh, yeah, so the talk talk is of him doing Nightwing. Uh, Apparently the Shazam movie is in the works, but now without The Rock, even though he's still playing Black Adam. So what's going on there? Yeah, because he was cast for that, for or he was rumored to be um, cast for that, and then, like, they uh, they just cast him, like, recently, right? Or he, he's been with DC for a couple years now, I think. Dang. And it's just weird that they just can't get the ball rolling on any of yeah, like yeah. the rock. You take advantage of having the rock in your corner. Yeah. Um, and, and like the the uh, the act of just saying, hey, Ben Affleck is going to be here for, you know, we're going to set up a Batman universe. We're going to uh, we're gonna have Ben Affleck for all these movies. Just like, um, you know, our Marvel comparison, like um, Robert Downey Jr. Like he mm-hmm. is a set staple for... for grounding all these other movies together and characters, but he was there from the very beginning of Iron, you know, with Iron Man and he's, he's, even though they're paying him, you know, so much more money yeah. to be in these movies. 50 and, million a pop. Yeah. That's a lot of money, but, uh, you it's know, pretty coin. He, I mean, he's the, he's the central key to, to like how making all these stories work and how these characters interact. And if they can't get that with Batman, cause I feel like with DC it's, it's Batman, Superman and Wonder Woman, like the three, yeah. Uh, main characters and you know you need someone you need to believe in that actor and you need to you know to really invest in that character and if they just switch out and kind of duck out and and cast someone even though you know depending on the casting it might change things a little bit too but um it just kind of shows like is it the confidence of dc and like how they're going to move forward right well you know it's interesting that you talk about um because i i hear that comparison a lot of uh ben affleck being dc's rdj yeah yeah you know i i Clearly, th- from the trailers we're seeing for Justice League, that's totally the position they're trying to put him in. And despite hating BVS and all that stuff and, and the way they wrote Batman, I thought Affleck did a really good job, and I, I, I liked him a lot. However, he wasn't nearly as enjoyable to watch as Robert Downey Jr. is for two seconds. You know, Yeah, yeah. Robert Downey Jr. brings a certain amount of levity and humor, and... You know, while I enjoyed Ben Affleck in the role of Bruce Wayne, he didn't bring any of that to the table. And it's mm-hmm. kind of weird to hang their hat on this iteration of, of Bruce of Wayne or Bruce try to Wayne, make yeah. him a Tony Stark-esque type character when yeah. when he's not. Um, he, like, he needs more movies to kind of mm-hmm. flesh out the character and, you know, like, you guys can check out our Batman vs. Superman review somewhere <laughs> out there. <laughs> Because we had a lot to say about that movie. But, just a few uh, things. Just, just a few, few things, things, yeah. But, you know, that was the, the main thing, right? You know, like the Batman character and it's uh, with the ideals and the way, the history behind the character. Um, it, it is quite a, quite, a, um, quite a lot of shoes to fill. And um, I don't know, man. I mean, you know, I, I want to see Ben Affleck in more Batman films. Just to, just to flesh out and see what else he can do with that character. And these like rumors going around that he's gonna you know not be a part of the franchise anymore or not be a part of Batman, uh, it's just yeah it just shows like that I don't know like you look with Marvel it's like they have that road the 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 plan they have like their whole calendar set up they have you know they're getting people excited yeah. for these films you know I'm I'm really excited for Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Um, just because of just how they've um, they just say, hey, we're gonna stick the Hulk and Thor together. 
And they got a really good director. They got a really good director. They're, we were just talking about this earlier about like the visuals, like the palette of colors that they're using for a lot of films. It's so refreshing. Very, very different from the earlier kind of you know Avengers films or whatnot. And uh, with the DC stuff, it's a lot more you know dark and gritty of the, how they're trying to show that has that Zack Snyder like kind of stamp on it. Um, which I do hope it did show a little bit differently um, in Wonder Woman, and I know you haven't seen that yet. Um, so you kind of see that. So not woke. Yeah, so not so woke. So not woke. <laughs> but yeah, the, the 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 way they change and, and set up for the future, and that's that's the thing is you got to make a. They're trying to make a property that's gonna last and have people interested in it. And there's a lot of fans behind those characters, and there's so many other iterations of those characters in the comics, and the films, animation. Yeah. Um, but the movies, like I just, I did. They got to get it right somehow, you know. You know it. It almost feels like these movies would have been really good in the '90s. Yeah, yeah. Um, it feels, you know, it feels like um, the weird kind of like uh, like Image Comics or you know, the, like Todd McFarlane or Rob Liefeld, Liefeld, whatever. Look up the, for those of you playing the home game. Look up Rob uh, Liefeld, Captain America, and um, the way he used to draw Captain America. I'll show you right now. Okay, is uh, kind of what Ben Affleck looks like in the bat suit. Oh, interesting. Um, is it like a little more bulky? Like so more... bulky to the point of uh, ridiculousness. Okay. <laughs> um, does he for the Captain America? Does he have a classic Captain America? Not at look? all. Wow. So check this out. This is when I look at Ben Affleck's Batman, and because he's you know Ben Affleck don't need extra padding, man. <laughs> ben Affleck's a big dude, but you know, oh, yeah. the anatomy is all off, and yeah, it's you little, know, yeah, it's strange, right? Like, look, why is his breastplate over there? And like what? What? His face looks like he kind of looks like the thing's face. I don't know. That's it's, just weird. It's yeah. a strange one, but yeah. And then they did the cross section of how he would look. Oh, that's um, weird. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's kind of the image in my head when I when I look at the Ben Affleck bat suit and um, like I said, these movies seem to be taking their cue from like oh dark gritty, but that was thirty years ago, dark and gritty. Yeah, yeah, and just letting it stew and put in our own 2017 fears and anxieties and dude i want to go into these movies and come out excited and pumped and like wanting to be batman wanting to be superman wanting to be wonder woman you know Mm -hmm. and uh you walk out and you're just like what was that you know (laughs) walking out of spider-man homecoming that's how you're supposed to feel coming out of a superhero movie. Oh, yeah. Like, I, you know, I saw these little kids jumping around on the rocks outside the theater doing yeah. a twip, twip, twip. And it's like, if I wasn't 28, I'd be doing that too. I was <laughs> so excited. Um, so, you know, that's, it's, it's just, a, it seems like kind of a mess right now. Yeah. And, that, you know, it's the, you know, goes both down to the, you know, films and, you know, for entertainment. You know, I want to be entertained for, yeah. For most of it, not and not scratch my head throughout most of it, you know. Well, and you know, and I, I think I've said this before on the. I'm sure I've said this before. Um, I want my heroes to be heroes. You yeah. know, I nowhere in between. Like, yeah, yeah. You like the what makes Batman great is he's rigid in his morality. Yeah, you know, this is right, this is wrong. I'm not ever gonna do this. Maybe I'll be tempted, but I'll never give in. Yeah, you know, and you're gonna go this way, you know. For all the problems Dark Knight Rises has, that moment where he's like, "No guns, no killing." That's Batman. Yeah, um, even though right even though Catwoman breaks it in yeah. the third act and shoots Bane, but whatever. Yeah, he's like, "It's cool. You saved my life. It's cool." Um, Exceptions for Catwoman. Yeah, but uh, you know, 
that's what makes Batman really great. And uh, that's what makes all these characters really great. You know, you can't shoehorn that dark and dreary tone onto Superman. Yeah. It just doesn't work, you know? You and it's, yeah, you can't do that. And, and that's that's my only hope for if... And we know Superman is obviously returning in the in Justice League at least, yeah. or maybe at the end of Justice League, or sometime during that film. But that's, Most, yeah. that, that's the Superman I want. It, it's like, I will be totally in it if they can just give me that Superman. And, you know, maybe, you know, he's been through that phase of, you know, kind of doubting moody. himself and very moody and stuff <laughs> like, and that, that was the, the critique that a lot of people had about his character. Uh, I feel like the majority of people. Um, and so if, if they're going to bring back Superman in Justice League and have him take up the mantle of being Superman and, and being a leader uh, of the Justice League and, you know, I, I want, I want to see that happen. And yeah. I like... For some apparent reason, I feel like that's not going to be the way it's going to go down. So, yeah. So uh, enough of the DC hating. Enough, enough of DC. I, let's hate on Marvel a little yeah, bit. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of Spider-Man's new suit in um, Infinity War? I'm bummed. Yeah, you know, it's, it looks like I know they uh, they have like the Iron Spider suit from the comics. But it don't look like that at all. It looks like Spider-Man Britannia or something. I don't you know? know. Yeah, it's very, and I'm, I'm sure they're going to find some way to. You know, I, I love the suit in Homecoming because it, uh, you know, we talked about like Karen's character and like the the AI in it, the all the web combinations he has. So God knows what is going to be in this other suit that probably is going to allow him to fight in space and, def- oh, yeah. you know, defeat, yeah. you know, uh, you know, uh, um, Thanos's other, you know, what's his, his crew? Um, the, like the dark. Shatari, the Shatari. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say like dark passengers, the, the dark elves. And yeah, <laughs> but yeah, pretty much his crew of, of evil people, and you know he they obviously they need to make a suit that'll make him last out there because they're you know he's fighting you know he's up against or not he's fighting with people like you know Captain America and Thor and and the Hulk, which are like godlike characters to him, and that's what I still loved about Homecoming. He still can see these idols that he has, and he looks up to them and. And now he's, you know, we're going to see him fighting alongside all these people. But uh, the suit was, yeah, it was a very interesting decision on the suit. Yeah. I don't know if they'll, like, change it in any way. I I, I uh, remember seeing that they released an Infinity War, like, clip or trailer, so they had the same suit that was in it. So they're obviously going to use it for the film, um, and, you know, Spider-Man's going to be in it. So, um, but I don't know. It's very interesting. Like I, someone, I, I read this thing about like, that could be the suit that Miles Morales wears in the future. Oh, that'd be interesting. Um, cause that one kind of looks, di- the suit looks a little different on Miles Morales, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like an inverted black and red. Yeah. So, and it's, you know, that suit looks kind of just wacky in itself and, but drastically different from the original. So that yeah. could be a way they can somehow tie that in or they'll just create another suit for him. But, it might, uh, it, he might follow the path of, you know, I guess Captain America and Iron Man. Uh, both have new suits in each in Marvel each movie, movie, huh? And, yeah, you know, Spider Man is one of those characters. It makes sense for Tony Stark to upgrade his armor. Yeah, it makes sense for Captain America to constantly be evolving throughout the times that he's in. Yeah, um, but with Spidey, you know, they nailed it the first time out the gate. Oh yeah, you you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix, fix it. it Come on, I I really love the um, the Tobey Maguire. Uh, suit they had like it had all the little like web grooves on it and it was you like the raised webbing I do like the raised webbing I gotta say and uh, the what was it I guess they had like a texture to it yeah that's what a lot of those like 
superhero suits are doing now. Like they have like specific textures. I think Spidey was like, or the, you know, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man suit was the first one to kind of put the, uh, as you were saying, the texture, like little cells or something. Yeah. Yeah. To just kind of fabric and stuff like you kind of would notice, um, you know, like as, as he's swinging around the city, but you know, like all those close-ups or whatnot, especially like the head and the face, um, gives it more definition, better for lighting. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I'm trying to remember the one for Amazing Spider-Man. The uh, I mean, it wasn't great. I mean, it was fine. It was it was yeah. much more similar to the Tobey Maguire suits than yeah the first Amazing Spider-Man movie, which was a strange look as well. <laughs> um, yeah, but. so I, I like the I mean the the uh, Homecoming suit, the original suit they have right now is pretty cool. I do love how like I, we probably mentioned in our in our um, our discussion on. Spider-Man: Homecoming, but the uh, the classic kind of suit, the uh, where he, where Tony Stark takes away his high tech suit and he yeah. has to wear the hoodie and wear sweats. Yeah, wear sweats and everything, and just kind of the classic, uh, you know, Spider-Man before he was the big, you know, the uh, Spidey, the your good old friend neighborhood Spider-Man. So uh, yeah, um, I don't know. We'll have to see. I, like, if the suit has a purpose and it has certain things, like the look of it. Um, relates to the that'd be cool if they were like yeah so we like it looks like a different shade because like the material is like something that you know reflects whatever you know like right. if they can if they can somehow put more context into the suit in, instead of just having like we just redesign the look of it for the um, sake of redesigning for the sake of redesigning yeah. yeah that that would be I would be more sold on it because um, then I'd be like okay that makes sense um, that kind of holds a little more uh you know, kind of, uh, yeah, just more weight to it. Yeah, in universe, it makes more sense than just yeah. You, new movie, new suit. Yeah, new know? movie, new suit, and that's the thing with yeah, with like all the other characters, Captain America, Iron Man, like they're constantly evolving. Like they have, there's a there's a purpose to why they're you're making those things. Even though I do like the classic Captain America look, the Captain America suit, and it's funny because they kind of. Um, in Homecoming, they like put his like uh, yeah. yeah those videos, the public announcement videos. Was in the, the Avengers outfit? Yeah, he's in the Avengers, the classic Avengers outfit. So, um, but that's cool, and that shows just shows like where those characters have gone, and you know, it's like their uh, their armor, their battle scars, like you know, the armor shows like how much they've been fighting and and trying to save the world and all that stuff. And I will say, I really one of these days want to see Tom Holland in the symbiote Spidey outfit, whether That'll it's symbiote cool. or not. I yeah, think yeah. Marvel will do a really, really loving tribute design, whatever, to the symbiote costume. Because other than his red and blues, the black costume is dope. It's the it's coolest like, Spider-Man costume. It's like matte black, right? Yeah, in, in the comics, right? Yeah, with just the white symbol. With the white symbol, yeah. Oh, uh, it's gorgeous looking. Not not the. Uh, uh, the Spider-Man three version, which was pretty much the, the suit, suit just painted differently. Yeah, black. Yeah. So you saw those textures, and which which I like. I like the textures on on that suit, but the for the black suit or the symbiote suit, like I, I kind of took me out of it. I was like, oh, that's, little, yeah. I was like, oh, that's like a like a rendering thing that I don't know. It's just like they, there was no like subtle detail to make it its Top. own suit. Yeah, yeah. totally, totally. Um, so I I totally agree with you, man. Like I would love to see that like classic symbiote suit and you know if they if they can ever revisit that storyline and i'm sh- i'm sure they will sometime down line yeah. especially if they're doing venom and like uh, venom versus carnage um and it's one of i feel like one of the staple stories you can kind of i always think when a spider-man I always think of that like that happening to him and 
Totally. So, um, yeah, dude. Let's see any more. Let's see if there's any more Comic Con news. Uh, yeah. Frank Miller is uh, writing Superman Year One, so God help us all. <laughs> um, I you don't really read the comics. Not um, not as much. Yeah. Frank Miller needs to just stop. Um, <laughs> what was the last thing he released? Uh, he helped write Dark Knight Three: The Master Race. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Which okay. Um, <laughs> And I, you know, I, I I stuck around. It it was originally going to be eight issues. It turned into nine, but the release schedule kept getting pushed back, pushed back, pushed back, and the books weren't getting any better. Oh man! Um, so you know, you'd get the first issue, and then you'd wait three months for issue two, and it's kind of like, you know, we the amount of story covered in those two issues is so small that it just wasn't worth the wait or the or the price. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, I st- I dropped off after six seven issues. So, but but yeah, <laughs> what else? Um, uh, what's Stranger Things released a new trailer? I haven't watched it yet. Have you watched it? No, I have not I watched it. Yet. Black Panther got a new poster, which looked great. So um, posters. Oh, the um, the gents from Game of Thrones are writing a new HBO series. Oh, interesting. Have you heard about this? No. It's uh, the they've signed on with um, Malcolm Spellman and um, his wife. I, I'm blanking on her name. Um, so the four of them are doing a show. It's going to be called Confederate. Confederate, and okay. it reimagines the world um, as if the South won the Civil War. Weird. Okay. And it's gotten a ton of backlash. A uh, ton of backlash. I'm sure it has because that's like I mean they were dealing with. Yeah. You know. Well, when two out of the four of your writers on a show like that are white males. <laughs> they'll um, probably get a lot of flack for it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Even if they're, the you know, Game of Thrones like, franchise. And I, of course, I see the story potential and, um, you know, everything like that. But uh, it does seem in this day and age to be a little insensitive of a choice to go. You know, yeah, yeah. They... I don't know if it was uh, Weiss or, or Benioff or, or one of the Spellmans who released a statement about the backlash saying, you know, we'd love to have this conversation, wait till the show comes out, and then we'll have this conversation. And, uh, you know, with the talent behind it, I want to check it out. Oh, yeah. Um, and I, I think that will be an important conversation that needs to be had because... Uh, it's a, it's, it's a strange choice, it's you know? A, yeah, it's strange, especially with all the heated tension that we have these days. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, Do we really want to spend time in a world where the South won? Yeah. yeah. You know? I don't know. I don't know how it's going to end up, and how... Where, where, are they going to just keep it in that time period? No, I think it's be modern day. Modern day, okay. I believe. I, I could be wrong. Um, it could be very similar. I haven't really checked this show out, but uh, Man in the High Castle... Same same idea, yeah. Same idea, right? If the if war the German Germans. war, yeah, yeah, they won the war, and and how that kind of lifestyle would be, which I'm sure is not very good. So, um, but there was like this little. Oh, hey, the trains would run on time. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> but uh, but then like with man, the high castle, they kind of spun it so it's like this weird like sci-fi like it's different realities different elements to it yeah to to, kind of to kind of help it push it forward and give it that sense of mystery where it's like you know it's you know this like a could have been situation 
Um, but like now you're curious, like how did it happen this way or how come this person is slowly remembering things from another lifetime? So those like little elements like that, that will make it interesting. So I don't know if it's just going to be just straight up. It's just set like this and, um, or if there's going to be just, um, and then who they're going to cast, you know, like what kind of cast that's going to be like. Yeah. That's going to be interesting. It's going to be really weird. So, um, people, uh, boycott or, or what have you. But yeah. I don't so know. That, that's a that's gonna be interesting, and and that we're gonna be. Lo- I mean, I'm sure we'll be looking out for that too, because you know, Game of Thrones will end. I'm sure everyone's gonna be curious to see what those two will be doing, um, as far as you know, HBO is concerned, and their relationship with that, and, and different shows there. Um, and then we'll have the uh, Game of Thrones spinoff shows. Yeah, which will be very. I don't know if they've announced it yet. Uh, I think they announced something that George R. R. Martin is uh, working on. But I don't know. Still working on it, right? Still working on it. God, like, just <laughs> buckle down, buddy. I know it's hard. I know it's hard, but you gotta just buckle <laughs> I feel down you. and do I'm it. I'm a writer too. Yeah. <laughs> God, it's the writing is the worst part of writing. Um, anyway, uh, I can't think of anything else in terms of Comic Con. I mean, I know there's a ton of stuff. Uh, a ton of stuff that we haven't covered. I, I just haven't gotten a chance to watch a lot of it. You know. I'm sure by the next by the next time we we record. Or maybe even by next week, we'll have kind of a better, a better idea. Yeah. Hopefully, maybe even some of those trailers get released. Um, I'm sure they'll probably... Yeah. I heard there's a new Westworld trailer. Ooh, and I love Westworld. I was just watching that the other day, catching up on it. Because I have to wait another well, year for that. Oh, movie. man. I don't know when it's coming back. But uh, um, it should I, be good either way. Oh, yeah. I got to say, though, like, Game of Thrones is finally back on. I'm loving it. Loving it, too. But you know what? I remember like when they announced, like, okay, we're going to do two more seasons... Uh, this one we're gonna delay because we need to like shoot it with like you know the weather restrictions and you know we want to get the perfect shots and whatnot and because winter is here, folks. Yeah, guys, it is here and it's getting really, really serious right winter now. In <laughs> winter in July. Winter in July. But uh, yeah, I that like now we're in like the se- like t- today actually is gonna be the second episode of the seventh season. Six. No, seventh, Se- yeah, seventh you're right, season, yeah. Right? And I remember when it, uh, they announced it, and I was like, oh, I can't wait that long for Game I know, of Thrones. I know. And then before you know it, it's like, it's here, and you know, like, because they usually air it, what, like, uh, uh, April. April, I, I think it comes yeah. yeah. And then June, I guess, it, or sorry, April, it, May. It, it, it usually wraps up in July. July, yeah. yeah. So at least we'll be getting, you know, some mini movies, I would think, from this. Yeah, yeah, I looked up the uh, the running time. And most of the episodes are uh, push over an hour. Some I want to say are eighty minutes long. That's still pretty about good Those amount of time. Sh- that's uh, that's a, yeah. yeah. That's like a movie. And it's I, huge. Although I felt like the first episode of the season, I just it oh, flew man, by. It flew by. Really it was quickly. over an hour long, and it flew by. Very engaging. Yeah. So very excited. I got some theories. Maybe we'll have an episode. Maybe on just some. Thrones some, theories? Yeah, maybe some theories for the season. I think that'd be kind of a fun little. Oh, I love it. Thing. Maybe we could do that while you're here. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yes, Joy and I might might record a couple episodes while we're here. We so. just might. Just might. Dear imaginary audience. Dear. Um, imaginary. but you guys came here for some lists. Yes. So, um, let's let's get to the lists. Let's hit it, dude. Shawnee, would you like me to go first? Yeah. Give it. All right. Shoot, shoot me with it, man. Out of cannon. It doesn't have to be of all time, but your okay. current. Top five side ones. Ooh. The Ram CD, or the Ram record you just showed me, Paul McCartney's set, was it solo, or second second solo album. Yeah. Uh, the track one, I'm trying to remember the name. Uh, um, 
It's called... Oh, gosh. You showed this to me yesterday, and I immediately was like, wow, this is very it's, captivating. I love this album. I'm stuck on it. Um, that's going to be on mine as well. Very interesting record, I would say. And you were telling me there's some context as far as the... Uh, too Many People is the name of the Too song. Many People. Too Many People. Too Many Reaching for yeah. a Piece of Cake. It's so, it's so, like, it's got, like, that you know, Paul McCartney Beatles, like, feel, like, the, especially with the recording and how it's produced, um, but as far as, it's just so diff, like, very different, it's very experimental for its time, and, yeah. you know, this is, like, his solo stuff, so we're really getting to see what Paul McCartney's, like, writing, and some of it's very interesting, and, yeah. uh, very earthy record, very earthy, yeah, very, you just feel like they just recorded it right there and then, and, um, but, there is still a lot of con- uh, a lot of uh, concepts at play, and um, instrumentation is very interesting on it. We were yeah. known- we were listening to it on vinyl yesterday, and we were kind of switching from mono to stereo. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. Seeing the different elements that are in play, and um, on the record, there's like a ukulele too on there. Yeah, for uh, the song Ram On. Ram On. Yeah. So <laughs> I, li- I love the song song names. Yeah, but, and uh, you know it's McCartney, so it's all good mel- melodies and uh, harmonies and, and yeah. things like that. And um, the songs are really infectious. You know, mm-hmm. upon first hearing, it's kind of like, mm-hmm. but um, they they worm their way into your brain. And uh, yeah, they they're definitely uh, yeah. There's there's a lot different. And I've only listened to it once, the the one time you showed me. So I can't wait to uh, dive into it again and kind of give it a second listen. Right but on. I, off the bat, that just kind of like caught me as like a really good track one, you know, start of the record. Tight. Um, man, currently, uh, dang, this is tough. I still, I still gravitate towards London Calling. Oh, nice. As my, my track one. Uh, no, we're no, we're just talking side ones. Oh, so, side ones. Sorry. So sorry. side or side A, whatever side, you want to call side, it. Okay. So, uh, so any so multiple tracks, I guess. Yeah, just like you know, I could listen to the f- side one of this record. Oh man, I rev- I mean, I guess Beatles Revolver. Nice. Like, I, I've always loved the the side A on that one. Side one. Um, I'm trying to remember the tracks on it. Which had the Revolver, it opens with Taxman. Taxman, yeah. And then it goes into Eleanor Rigby? Yeah, I think so. Um, what There's else a couple is solid there? songs on that. Doctor, is Dr. Robert side one or side two? I feel like that's side two. Yeah, I think you're right. But, um, yeah, I I still love like Revolver and, and that, that record. But, like again, a solid solid couple first, you know, first couple songs to kind of really introduce you to the record. Yeah. Um... I would, I would still say London Calling still like it is the good, you know, uh, opening track, but also followed by uh, oh dude, there's so many. What, I'm, I'm blanking. Um, uh, black, black Cadillac or, or uh, white Cadillac or, or brand new Cadillac, brand new Cadillac. Um, and then oh Jimmy Jazz and then Jimmy Jazz. Yeah, there's like oh, a bunch man, of songs. Yeah, yeah, they all like. That record too. It's it's just I could listen to each of those songs. Like I I could never skip any song off that record, and it's just such a right there and then the first side. It's just it hits you with like, you know these songs and they're so different from each other. Yeah. Which I think we've mentioned with with London Calling being such a diverse like record. Um. So that's yeah, that's a really good one. Um. 
So it's like, what, like two or three? Uh, gosh. Cyclones. Uh, there's a band I've been listening to quite re religiously lately. Um, they're called Tiny Moving Parts, and I actually saw them live uh, last month. Uh, a band I just kind of, by chance, just got into. Um, their record, Celebrate, came out in 2016. And I'll show this record to you later. Right on. But their first couple songs, I don't have it on vinyl, but I would say the first you know, three or four songs off the record really kind of let you know the tone of the record. Tight. It opens with a song called Good Enough, and I would say the single on the track is their third track called Birdhouse. And it's such a solid record. And this is like these three guys, they're all related to each other. It's like two brothers and, uh, and their, no, sorry, two brothers and a cousin of theirs. Three piece band. They all you know, play together. And I saw them, they only played one tour this year. So it was really cool to like kind of some new music that I'm getting into, but also it's like an album that I've been playing all the time, but I feel like those, I always, I never skip like the first four or five songs off that record. That's so, awesome. Um, so that's kind of a new one uh, out there. And man, I got to say, I'm going to hit it with the, the classic Blink-182 because I know we're, we're big Blink fans. Nice. And I'm going to go with... It's tough because there's two records I can. There's actually, I would say, take off your pants and jacket, like yeah, the first couple tracks off that online songs, online songs, the the anthem, anthem part, part two. two, the good intro, um, first date, first date, like the single off that, and then I guess I would consider rock show. I guess it's like five or six. Yeah, that. I think it's six. Six. I think so maybe it might make the first. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, that would probably close out side one. Side one, yeah. yeah. That would actually be a perfect closer for that. That would be good. So that's what I need to do. I need to get that on vinyl. I don't I don't think I have any Blink stuff on vinyl. You have... I have the Mark Tom and Travis Mark show. Mark Tom and Travis yeah. show, yeah. And I believe we were looking at, like, a package or something with all their... Yeah, thing. yeah, they got the box set. The box set. So, um... Yeah, dude. So I think those are the ones I can, that kind of gravitate towards me. Cool. Some of the old, some of the new. Um, I still associate kind of Beatles and like the clash with like really solid uh songs and you know the first couple songs of the record really tell the how the record's gonna make you feel and, and how it's supposed to present itself um so I find the side ones are very important to totally to how you're you kind of um you know discovering this, the the song and how it makes you kind of express yourself so um yeah that's all I, that's all I gotta say man right on I, I had to talk it through because I had to think about that one for a little bit yeah and it's good you mentioned like it's the side the side one like the actual like you know collection of songs that really introduce you to the record and make you remember that record I feel yeah uh, in in the end so um yeah Joe what are, you, what are your top five um currently Ram as well Ram okay. um Too Many People is really great and um they've got one it's called Uncle Albert slash Admiral Halsey, I think, or something. And Admiral, it's the one okay. that goes, hands across the water, yeah. hands across the sky. And it's like the most 70s thing, um, but I love it. And it's like, that's one of those ones that just buries, buries into your brain. Um, been on a huge Beatles kick, as you know, as yes, probably so everyone yeah. knows. Um, Abbey Road. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. Most of that, yeah, that side one. I, I mean, you know what? I like side two even better, but side one is still really great. Uh, opens with uh, 
come together, goes right into uh, something. Yeah, that's all of something. And then we get the song that I equally love and loathe, Maxwell's Silver Hammer, <laughs> um, which is a strange one. Great title. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get Oh Darling, which I never realized was a Beatles song. Oh, yeah. Like, it's such I, a wonderful movie. I feel like know. it's been covered a bunch of times. Yeah. And um, uh, a version I really like, even from the movie, that Across the Universe movie. That version is really good. Yeah, uh, because the, the woman who sings it is supposed to be like a Janis Joplin kind yeah. of uh, character. She has that same voice. It works. It works really it well. It works really well, yeah. So. And then uh, Octopus's Garden. Say what you will about Ringo, but man, it's, that song. <laughs> um, and then and then we finish out side one with um, uh, She's So Heavy. Damn. Which, you know, little known fact was actually about John Lennon's predilection to um, overweight women. What? No, not really. What? It's about Yoko. <laughs> um, it's about Yoko. <laughs> Just about her. They're taking heavy, literally. Anyway, um, so those are my top two currently. Um, I would do Elvis Costello, this year's model. Okay. Three, um, which no action is one of the best opening songs for, <laughs> for any album. Um, so there's three. Let's do Pinkerton. Ooh, yeah. Side one. Um, ooh, ooh, you I know would, what? I'm going to square out. I'm going to do the blue album. I was side about one. to say, yeah. I don't know why I haven't opted out for that one, too. Um, it is, oh man, yeah. Yeah, so we'll do the blue album is, is at four, and then at five, what, 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 what kind of statement do I want to make? The wife has been playing a lot of uh, Kanye West College Dropout. I'll put uh, side one of, yeah. uh, of that record. Side one is, yeah, pretty, uh, we were talking about Kanye and like his, I personally love his old, like his older, like, graduation uh, uh, college dropout even a little bit of 808s um, if I was going to pick uh, probably graduation for me yeah because I think those are some solid songs but yeah there's uh, some jams on that record yeah I was, dude I was impressed and I like it spicing it up a little bit like, you know getting the Kanye in there trying trying <laughs> trying Kanye oh, 2020 um, yeah dude <laughs> calling it calling it but uh, yeah that's a good list uh, It's that was kind of uh a lot easier, I feel, even though it's it's more than a track one, like the finding the one song off the record. Yeah. Um, and I love it on vinyl because it's like the artist intended these songs to be heard in this batch, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you get to close out an album twice. You get to open an album twice and close it out twice, which is kind of fun when you're structuring a record. And yeah, on yeah. a CD, you only get to do it once. You we open to- with this song, we close out with this, but... On vinyl, you you get to do it twice. Yeah, and uh, you get to I like you know that. listen to it, turn turn the record over, yeah. which makes you appreciate those songs. That I feel sometimes yeah. a little more and and you know especially too, it's it's kind of like well I don't have enough time to listen to the whole album right now, but yeah, you know what I love side one. I'm going to listen to side one because it's 15, 20 minutes of my life. Yes, you know yeah. it's going to improve my my day exponentially. Um, Revolver would have been on, Revolver would be on side two for me. Oh, so yeah. Side two is actually pretty good. I'm trying to remember all the songs. Kicks off with, uh, Good Day Sunshine. Yeah. Oh, man. That could be another top five list then in the, the Side two we'll Side two. That would be quite a challenge. That would be hard. I love it though. Let's do uh, it. But, you know, there's always some gems in there as far as side twos, dude, so. Oh, yeah. Um, damn, that's a good list. I really like, that was very... I know we're usually music kind of film oriented on the show, but um, that was a very interesting one to spice it up a little bit. Trying. Kind of give it some, some different uh, 
different ways of uh, presenting our lists, and I, I think that's a great thing. And you know, I feel like it kind of makes us reflect more on the on the records that we're collecting and and uh, the music that we're listening to, and to you know, especially in this day and age where it's mostly singles and um, uh, you know just per song. You know, a lot of a lot of uh, musicians and bands are known for like a song dropping stuff on Twitter and yeah yeah and, and yeah. Um, I guess you know with especially with you know diff- many generations of music and you know these people that we mentioned like the, you know those guys the Beatles and all this um, <laughs> those Liverpool yeah those bull, the Liverpoolian guys <laughs> um, it makes you kind of appreciate like you know they when people put together a record and the concept and then the order and you know how they choose the tracks and how they want to kind of convey like an emotion you know like what does the story want to tell with the order of these tracks you know like track order is important I feel still yeah yeah um, to, to kind of get you on those ups and downs of like experiencing the record you don't want to be at 11 the whole time yeah you know oh yeah and that's what that's that is very important right the great thing about Nirvana that's what they understood that you know let's keep the choruses low so we can really or let's keep the verses low so the chorus can just explode explode right and you need that dynamic difference you need those little subtleties to, to make it and those small subtleties of just having certain tracks in a particular time of the you know when you're listening to it or you know if it's the first track or the last track to finish it out on that side um, and yeah, with vinyl records, I guess you kind of get that, you get that experience, uh, a more enhanced experience with that because of, you know, being able to sit down and really listen to the record. I never really, when I listen to records now, I actually never, I never pick a particular song. I always let it play from same. Yeah. The, you know, from the very beginning of the record to the end until you can flip it. Um, so that's, I don't know if, um, you guys, if you guys have any record players out there, guys, what do you guys do? Do you play your records just straight up? Do you go from side A all the way to each song? and Or you drop that needle somewhere specific. Specific, guys. Yeah, it's short for specific, if you, didn't, <laughs> if you didn't pick up on that. If you didn't hear that at all, guys. But, uh, yeah, I'd love to get some opinions on how you experience music and listen to records and music. So And let us know your top five side ones. Or side A's. Or side A's. Awesome. That's a good cool. list, dude. Right on. That was fun. Um, so I'm going to preface my top five. Uh, Joey, did a, uh, he gave me this High Fidelity poster today, or yesterday, when he arrived, and, um, I guess as a, uh, like a gift, as a housewarming gift. And, uh, More like, you want it? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'll take it, man. No, but seriously, man, it's, it's an awesome poster, and it made me think of uh, a top five so your top five uh, favorite movie posters. Oh, I love this. Okay, man. Um, Empire Strikes Back comes to mind. The, yes, the, um, classic Star Wars, like the with the one with uh, Han and Leia kissing with the Falcon behind them. Yeah, and, like, kind of yeah. Vader's the big backdrop, and you know, then you get all the other small character Landos on the cover and everything. Um, that's a really great one. All the Drew Struzan stuff is really, really great. Um, ooh, the Dark Knight poster with Joker like behind the glass, and yeah. he wrote in blood. Why so serious? That I still think is one of the most classic. Like, like, oh, it's it's grisly. It's, you know, yeah, it's very. And uh, where, where were we? T- I think we were talking about that like campaign 
we were talking about like yeah. movie campaigns and like uh, you know how it's with the internet the like, viral marketing the viral marketing right and um, that poster was definitely that look and that kind of like the way they wanted to portray the Joker like almost this like, is different than anything else yeah anything you else know? and that shroud of like mystery still yeah. with the character and and you know we were all like well how's Heath Ledger going to be as the Joker and right. like you know we're seeing all these images and posters and it almost got me like really excited because it's just like that sense of mystery. Like I want to see how he's gonna play this, this character out. And uh, that's a good one, man. I didn't even think of that one. Um, I'm gonna do another Struzan, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. If adventure Ooh. has a name, it must be Indiana Jones. <laughs> you know, he's he doesn't have the jacket on. He's just holding the whip up. You know, and then you've yeah. got all all the little uh, kind of scenes or vignettes, vignettes illustrated yeah. around him, which is really great. Um, this is a good one. This is tough. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna go Clockwork Orange. Oh yeah, that's kind of iconic. The yeah, kind of um, with him just holding like the knife out, you yeah, know, in front yeah. of his face. Um, I love that one. So what does that bring me up to? Four. Four. I think. So we need a fifth one. A fifth. Oh boy. Um, one of my favorite movies. Uh, it's Scorsese. You know. Oh, here's Scorsese. Oh, what's you know what? Surprisingly, probably not. Yeah. Um. Hmm. I'm gonna go with. Uh, oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna curse this later. I'm gonna I'm gonna think of so many more. Um, this will be one that like we have to revisit. Revisit, yeah. Um, off the top of my head, I'm going to go with my favorite movie of all time, Evil Dead 2. Oh, yeah. Get the uh, the skull with the eyes. Yeah. At, you know what? No. I'm going to go... I don't know if it's Drew Strews or not, but it's done in the same style. Army of Darkness. Oh, Where he's standing yeah. on the car with the chainsaw hand. Embeth um, Davids is, uh, has her his, arm around yeah, his leg. leg. <laughs> and, you know, very classic hero, damsel. Yeah, And yeah. then, you know, the army of uh, the dead like around skeletons, him. Skeletons, whatever. And, uh, yeah. What's it say to... Um, Stuck in time, low on st- stuck in time, surrounded by evil, low on gas. <laughs> I think is is the tagline. I love the I love like those old like the older posters like the taglines and yeah. like the little they try to like kind of have those little tidbits to to like kind of grab make you like think okay what's this movie gonna be about yeah and like movie posters have such an importance to translate you know right there and then get you sold on the movie and and excited for the movie well and they've really. They've lost their art in the past 15, 20 years. You know, nobody. I feel, yeah, yeah. It's all headshots. And it's like, that's the most boring thing you can do to promote a movie. Like, take the time to, like, draw something that may not even have anything to do with the movie, but at least captures the spirit and the theme and, and the tone. Yeah. And, oh, you know, yeah. like, like, like Indiana Jones or the, the, the Goonies, you know, where they're all holding onto each other's legs and everything. Like, I don't know if that ever happens in the movie. But it's such a great image, and it works. You like you insta- it. It's telling you exactly what's going to happen in that movie. You know, yeah. even if that specific image doesn't occur. Occur, yeah. You know, it gives you that. Yeah, the idea of like you know the tone, I guess, of the movie. And that was a good one. Into. That was yeah. a really good one. I was just thinking movie posters. You gave me that high fidelity one, and I love it. I, I love that high fidelity the the poster for that one. You know, it's like him, the vinyl record. It's and uh, John what, a hard day's night. 
Yeah, it, I guess it is like a tribute to that. And, you know, they have like the different John Cusack's face uh, in different positions and you don't see his mouth in most of them. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's perfectly shows you what, you know, kind of like what the movie's about. You know, it's about, you know, this character and, you know, you know about records and, you know, music and stuff. So it has that, like, that... It so encapsulates, like, the... Uh, uh, or encompasses, like, you know, everything about the film even though there's not, you know, like, nothing about his, like, relationship stuff in there. So it's, like, there's still that sense of mystery with the posters that I feel like. Totally. Um, that's a good That's a good one. I know we're going to have to revisit that one. Yeah. Because I, I I just thought about this before we even start recording. I was like, oh, shoot. Well, what are your top five? Um, I really, uh, I would say, the, go. I would say the Star Wars uh, Empire Strikes Back. I always remember A New, uh, a new Hope, the one for New Hope more because that was just like the first Star Wars movie I saw um, but they're very iconic posters so I, I, I would feel like I would kind of group all those together but there's been so many renditions of like I remember the Force Awakens poster I was actually mm. really digging that one um, and then The Last Jedi I haven't seen I think they released a couple new there's posters w- I think there's one poster for The Last Jedi where Ray is like holding a lightsaber and it goes like way up yeah yeah and it's it's, what, it's Luke and uh, Kylo Ren's face. Yeah, it's like the different uh, top, But it's very simplistic. Simplistic, yeah. Which um, is nice, you know. Yeah, sometimes it's, like, way too much. But, like, I mean, those original, like, kind of Star Wars posters, you know, they it's like the, the cast. Like, they have, like, a lot of the cast members on there. But they show you... Just like... Oh, I, mean, we're, I guess we're making the argument, like, earlier. Like, yeah, it's just a bunch of people's faces, usually. Or there's, like, the, rom, the rom-com... Photo uh, where, where it's like <laughs> the boxes with like little bow on it, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's just no, very, yeah. very generic kind of stuff. And like, it's you know, you with those older posters, especially the Star Wars ones. Like you can, you can see like these are the main characters. This is, you know, this is what the set. You can even see the set pieces of where it's going to be at, and like the vehicles yeah. like, all in that poster. And just with one look, you can kind of get a sense of what this movie is going to be about. Um, which is, I feel like is the importance of a movie poster is, you know, it's, com- you know, it's commercial. It's, it's supposed to, it's supposed to rope you in. It's supposed to get you engaged with and excited about the film. Um, and also, you know, get you to go buy a ticket to the, to the movies as well. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'd say like kind of Star Wars movies, A New Hope more, but I do like the, I really like the Empire Strikes Back, um, poster. Um, Trying to think. This think. is this is tough. Yeah. Uh, poster movie poster. I do like some of the Tarantino posters. Oh, yeah. Like the Kill Bill one was kind of dope. Uh, I'm trying to remember the Glorious Bastards one. Uh, I'm I've seen a couple different ones. So I, I don't know what the like kind of the original. The Hateful Eight had a really cool poster. Hateful, there was one yeah. that was drawn. I don't know if that was an official or if that was more like a Mondo type exclusive thing. Yeah. So I, I would say hats off to Tarantino, like the posters that uh, for Tarantino's films, because they definitely um, capture it. And it's very, you know, it's very Tarantino, like the Tarantino style. It's you know, it's got like vibrant colors, and you know what you're gonna get. You know what you're gonna get, pretty much. But I always think of like Kill Bill, like that kind of look, um, the stark yellow background yeah, with her color, and the yeah. sword and everything. It's like perfect, like using color to really kind of establish that character and everything. Um, so, like, kind of Tarantino's stuff. Um, dang, this is... Ho- I mean, 
This would probably be my number one. Is the ba- I, I love Back to the Future. It's one of my favorite series and films. And even the the posters for that are great because they kind of have this consistency with yeah, it. Yeah, the one where he's looking at the watch. Where he's looking at the watch, and so you know, like the the I would say the first one is kind of the classic one, where he's looking at the watch. The DeLorean's there. He has the door open to it. Yeah. Right there and then, it's you know, it's it's you know, Back to the Future. It's showing like this kind of strange vehicle, and you're trying to figure out what it is, and then. Uh, you know, you find out when you watch the movie, it's a time machine, and um, it has Marty's, you know, Marty, the main character, is right there and then. And then I think the second film, it has Doc Brown, right? He's standing behind him, holding up the goggles, looking at the watch, yeah, too. Yeah, in his know? whole, like, future getup. Yeah. So, so it already, it's, 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 it's funny, they chose to keep it the same, like, kind of look, and, like, angle and consistency, because, like, it's almost like they're on a timeline, and they're yeah. changing, and they're making those little subtle, subtle changes to time, and and it's just like a an interesting way to that like creative decision to keep the posters that way. Um, and then they have the third one, right, with uh, you know them and the cowboy. And I think Mary Stein Steinberg yeah. is standing behind Doc Brown, looking at. And it's you know. that like interesting, like um, you know, the first one has just Marty, the second one has Marty and Doc Brown. The third one has all three of them in there, so it's that like those little choices keeps growing, keeps growing. Those little choices to kind of um, to make the poster its own, and and they're in the cowboy outfits, and they're in the cowboy outfits. So uh, right there and then, it shows you this is gonna be sent like the western, like a western film. Um, they still have the time machine, but the, I think the time machine, the DeLorean, since it's changed, it, yeah, it changes each each uh, each movie. movie. So it's it's great how they kept that, and I still love the first movie, and I. I and I haven't. I don't know if you've seen the corner of my room. I have this little yeah. Lego DeLorean, yeah. and I have a um, flux flux capacitor with little Barney McFly Lego version on top. And I kind of just want to make that corner like a Back to the Future corner. So I might try to find and that's awesome a poster for that. Um, gosh, so that's three so far. I know that's my number one. Mondo, I think it's Mondo, has a really nice set of three posters, and uh, the first one is like the front of the DeLorean. The middle one is oh, the middle yeah. of the DeLorean. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, and you, if so, if you line the posters up, it's you know, all yeah, all the different DeLoreans, but it's the full DeLorean itself. Yeah, yeah. that's so cool. I love, uh, and that's what I I, I um, am trying to get into now is like kind of um, other, um, I guess other recreations of those posters or the movies, like taking those influences. And if it's a movie that you've loved for so long, you know, when I'm very interested to see how other um, artists see those movies or how they can interpret like those posters and kind of reimagine the posters. Yeah. But it's, it's all about the original ones. Cause those are the ones that really got people going to the movies and getting really excited for the films. Um, man, it's tough. Cause I, you know, we're going to go see Dunkirk later and I'm yeah. sure we'll see some po- movie posters but uh, those are those are the new ones. Those are the headshot new ones. ones. I did like, um, dude. What was the, the homecoming one was pretty cool. Where he's just laying chilling. back. Yeah, he's laying on his back with. Uh, I guess that's his like uh, his campus uh, debate debate jacket. club jacket on, um, and he's got the headphones on. That was a nice poster. Yeah. Uh, kind of shows like it's a you know new Spider Man kind of fun. You know, it already establishes like, hey, this is gonna be you know a different film. Um, so it's kind of a fairly new one. I got one more in me. Four. It's a four. <sighs> Dang. I could probably... You got this. Uh, I, I'm trying to think. Cause I like, believe in you. You mentioned like pretty good movies like Clockwork Orange. They had a couple of different ones, right? I'm sure. 
probably I I can only think of the uh, of the one the one uh, think of like some that don't have images like more text but like text based mm. but also were very um, successful and kind of and striking striking yeah oh man <laughs> this is tough. Um, cause like I think of some movies I could really ba- like really hone in on the poster, but some of them when I think of them I think of like the cover of like the DVD. Sometimes it's or, the same. Sometimes it's the same. Um, damn, this is tough. I thought you were gonna have a Scorsese one there. I do like the Goodfellas look. I don't know what the movie if the movie poster is the same. I, I think it is where they're uh, the three of them it's, are standing. Yeah, it's all black or whatever. Yeah, and then there's like the dead body that doesn't even appear in the movie <laughs> on the bottom um, from like a, a time period that's like not even really that explored in the movie. Which yeah, is it's it's very yeah very interesting um, how they kind of jump time in that. That movie. is a good poster. That'd be that'd probably be my ooh the Mean Streets poster. Oh yeah, I remember the Mean Streets. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's supposed to look It's cool. animated. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, man, I don't know. I mean, there's like, you know, I'm still a fan of like the Harry Potter films and they kind of did that. They did the Drew Struzan Drew, did uh, yeah, the first. I'm trying to remember the, yeah, the first one was kind of cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, I do tend to like, yeah, go towards those types of posters because it has like the cast and, you, you get that, that ensemble kind of feel, and, and then you get, like, a gist of what the movie might be about. Um, man, that's tough. I would, I would kind of go with the, why it's so serious. Like, that was such yeah. a... Like, I, the Dark Knight was, like, the... I think one of my favorite movies of that year, and especially oh, yeah. for comic book films. Uh, and then laying the ground of, like, you know, this is quite a villain complex villain that we can you know the Joker taking the the Joker character and making him fleshing him out to some you know something that's um, you know a different interpretation of him but very very sinister and and very true to the character very true to the character as you know there's a lot going on there and that why so serious campaign was just like it was so different that's like kind of the first time they got involved like you know uh, viral marketing and yeah, and we yeah, we already ha- we already talked about it. like it's just the the ability to, or the uh, oh excuse me the um the chance to really kind of uh, get excited for the film and get hyped for it. like the, my first feelings of like wow I'm getting excited for this because I don't know what they're trying to do here with the character and and even more than that it, the viral marketing made it feel. You know, the movie was going for a very realistic tone, and the viral marketing helped in that it made it feel like these characters existed in our world. In our world, like a real experience. You're going to the site, and you're, like, you know, reading up on this stuff or seeing these visuals. Uh, what's this? Aaron Eggheart went around as Harvey Dent doing, like, campaigns, you know? Like, oh, yeah. There's, like, a lot of really cool stuff like that. Um but yeah, I, why serious? I don't think you can go wrong with that poster. That's a good one. It's a yeah. It's and it's oh that sense of mystery. I love that. I, if you if you keep that sense of mystery going, that's the most important part. So that was that was a good 
movie posters, I like it. We're definitely going to have to return to that. Yeah, that's a, a lot going on there. <laughs> but uh, it makes me want to collect movie posters now. Cause I, yeah. I, I never really had There's it. just never, never enough room for them all. I know, right? Um, but that does bring us to our movie movie year of the week. Each week we uh, we count down. Uh, from We started at 1989. We did our top five favorite movies from 1989. And we're heading all the way to 2017. But this week we're at 2004. So um, I'll go first. Okay. My top five mo- favorite movies from 2004. Uh, number five is a tie between Anchorman and Team America. Oh, two really good comedies. Yeah, yeah I feel like uh, when... Team America came out. I remember seeing it with uh, with Andrew and uh, being in the theater, and my jaw hurting <laughs> from laughing so hard. Um, I don't think it's aged as well. Yeah. Um, but that theater experience alone, like Was I'll never forget best. that. Yeah. Um, it's tied with Anchorman just because. Anchorman was a movie where I saw it, I think, twice in theaters, and I didn't care for it all that much. It was just everyone was going to see it. Yeah. Um, but it's a movie that's really aged well yeah. and grows on you after after a certain amount of time. And that's the Ron Burgundy character. It's I Ron mean, Burgundy. It's Ron Burgundy. Yeah. Man. Who doesn't want to hang out with Ron Burgundy? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know if I'd want to... No, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, so two really good comedies came, came out that year. There were more... Um, Let's see. Number four, The Aviator. Oh, wow, yeah. With uh, Leo DiCaprio and Kate Blanchett. Yeah. And Kate uh, Howard, Howard Hughes story. Right? Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's kind of an odd one. Um, it's maybe a little slow in parts here and there, but uh, it's a really well-made Scorsese movie. And, like, each... Because uh, it takes place over a span of several years, so... Uh, the coloring of the film is done in accordance to how film would have been colored in that period. Oh, so the first part of the movie is like a duotone kind of, you notice the blues the and blues, the greens right? and everything. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and it progresses throughout the film. That's interesting. I, I noticed the blue colors at first, but I, I didn't realize as it continues on, like it changes, it changes a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I think it does it. There's three different sets of uh, color palettes. In that, that that's a good film when you can, you know, you don't notice that yeah. change. Like, you can kind of notice at the beginning, but... It's it subtle. Does, it's subtle, so it doesn't take you out of the movie or anything like that. Yeah. But, yeah, it's a good movie. Uh, it's a... Yeah, it's a very underrated movie. Yeah. Um, number three, I'm going to say The Life Aquatic of Steve Zissou. Oh. Um, probably the only Wes Anderson movie I really, really like. I like I like The Royal Tenenbaums just fine. Uh, but this movie I, I really love. Um, it's so... Quirky, I guess, and and weird and and funny, and uh, you know, it, it gets away with humor that it really shouldn't be able to get away with. Yeah, yeah. But it's Bill Murray. Bill and, Murray. Uh, yes. Danny Glover's in it. Owen Wilson, um, of course. You know, all the state, all the staples of a uh, Wes Anderson movie. Angelica yeah. Houston is in it. Um, really great cast. Really, really wonderful cast, and uh, just a charming little movie <laughs> um, with with a surprising amount of depth. Yeah. So, number two, Shaun of the Dead. Wow, um, that's right. I like Dang, that, that, that they spell Shaun correctly. They spell Shaun the way that I know yeah. you to uh, spell your name, so that's really cool. The best um, way. <laughs> and, and the first of the Cor- Coronado trilogy. Yes. So, oh, yeah. um, excellent. And then, uh, number one, Spider-Man 2. Ah, Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, 2 is, you know... That that's a good list, man. I I I'd probably have a very similar 
list to yours, I would put Spider-Man 2 at my number one. Yeah. Um, we already had the, you know, we discussed uh, our Spider-Man, our favorite Spider-Man films on the episode, and we talked about Homecoming, and I always compare, you know, I always like to go back to comparing it to Spider-Man 2, because that was a solid superhero movie, solid Spider-Man movie, through and through. It's like um, the first superhero movie that really felt like a comic book. Yeah, oh yeah. But and and it still had it still played on the characters and their background yeah. their, and the the so much heart yeah in that so story heart and and and, and uh, co- you know context you know between all the other characters and those relationships with each other um, it did it very well and it was a really good you know action film too as yeah. well you know with the train sequence train and sequence and you know you wanted to like you know be Spider-Man and swing through the, the buildings and everything like that. So, um, and yeah, it, it is, is one of my, it is the Spider-Man film. I think if, if yeah. someone's going to watch a live action Spider-Man film, that is the one to go to. Absolutely. Um, whew, Joey wrote up a list of movies here because we're, we're doing this on the fly right now. On the flea fly. On the flea fly. I'm going to go with, I'm going to, I'm going to, Take your one and two. I okay. Shaun of the Dead is one of my favorite uh, Edgar Wright films. One of my favorite comedies, um, as far as making fun of the. I would I wouldn't say they're like parody films, but they're because they they operate on the same structure as a zombie movie as or a, zombie movie, right? a police yeah. movie or an alien invasion movie. Yeah, yeah. But they just do it with. A wink and a nod, and in yeah, their own it, style. It's not very, uh, unfortunately, that that genre of I guess like parody films or films that like kind of follow those you know action films or uh, comedies or or whatever's out these days. Um, you know, it's tough to to really do that and also be a good film at the same time. You know, a well thought film. Sean did this. You know, there's stuff about you know there's comedy. There's Action. Um, Edgar Wright has an interesting way of, of uh, directing and, and shooting certain sequences to move time along and to make small things like putting jam on toast and making your coffee into the most crazy action sequence ever. Totally, yeah. Um, God, I wanted to see his Ant Man, dude. Oh yeah, I know, right? <sighs> we were robbed. We were robbed. Um, but there's Baby Driver. That's I still want to check. I know. Out I really out. want to see that. Um, and. Yeah, it, it's just such a great film, and there's like it's there's funny like there's best friend moments, you know. I love that stuff. You know, it's got it's got everything. In it's it. got everything in it, dude. And um, it's probably my favorite one out of that. I guess the Cornetto trilogy, the, the three solid ones. And I'm ha- I'm, ha- I'm happy to say, and I'm happy, I'm excited, uh, you know, to hear that they're they're doing another Edgar Wright and the you know Nick, Nick Frost, Frost Simon Pig team up. Yeah, back again. So. Maybe it won't be a Cornetto trilogy. It might be a quadrilogy. Quadrilogy. <laughs> so um, that's my first two, which I will definitely side on you with those two. Right on. Harold uh, Kumar. Um, I'm gonna have to go with. Ooh, dang. Yeah, there's some there's some fire on there. It's funny because Dawn of the Dead's on here too, and that's you know Shaun of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead. They both yeah. came out. Um, and special shout out to George A. Romero. We lost him last week. I know. Yeah. So that's right. Yeah. Um, gosh, so many good 
movies? <laughs> I remember Cellular. Cellular was one of the best theater experiences I've ever had. We were in it's the terrible. theater. I mean, we were... Captain America himself was in the movie. Yes, Chris Evans and uh, Kim Basinger. And um, we were... There was a group of us, and we were commentating throughout the whole movie. And usually, you know, if a group of young teens is doing that, it's it's really annoying. But luckily, this movie sucked so bad that uh, <laughs> everyone else in the theater was enjoying our, uh, our take on it uh, as yeah. the movie was happening in real time. So... Oh, man, I'm trying to remember how that movie ended. <laughs> uh, it ended. It ended. Uh, crap, man. Um, no, Batman. I'm going to go... I know, Batman. Um, whew, this is... Wow, this is tough. There mm -hmm. are so many... I'm going to go Kill Bill Volume 2. Very nice. Going to hit up a Tarantino film. I'm going to go 4 would be... There's some good ones on here, but I'm thinking of, like, the ones I really enjoy watching. Um, I'm going to go Anchorman. Cool. Number four, because Will Ferrell is just amazing in that. It's probably one of his, I think, one of his, my favorite characters he does. Yeah. Um, and when I think Will Ferrell, I think Ron Burgundy. Like, yeah. immediately Ron Burgundy. There's or Frank, some, yeah. Frank the Tank, like... That, Frank the Tank, and uh, Mugatu. Mugatu, yes. He plays such a great villain. He's, like, yeah, he's very good at, at villains. That's, oh, that, yeah, he's perfect in that. Um, you have Dodgeball in here, that's funny. Ooh, Dodgeball. Dodgeball. Uh, man, this is tough. I, I um, wow. Uh... I'm gonna change it up because I, I know Team America was fun. I gotta say it was great. Um, I'm gonna hit it with the classic. This is a surprise one. Ooh. I'm gonna hit it with Mean Girls, dude. Are you now? Yeah. Really? That, that movie definitely marinated over time for me. Okay. Like, I thought it was the dumbest movie or silliest movie. Seeing, I think seeing it in that time. Um, over time, it's just like it's kind of one of those cult classic, and it's like I know it's like. A chick, it's a, it's a chick flick in some way, or form, but in in most ways and forms. And like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It like married over time, and like I don't know. I feel like a lot of people talk main girls all the time. Like I it's feel true, like yeah. No, it's, it's, it's such very, a, like still relevant, still yeah. relevant kind of following. Get your burn book and oh, I don't know. I you're mean, such a Regina George dude. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't say I put it up there that high though. Shoot. <laughs> mean Girls? I don't know. I still enjoy it, like, as a film. Uh, I'm gonna go... Freaking... Darn it. I am going to go... Screw it, man. I'll hit the, hit the Punisher. Punisher! The Punisher. Travolta is the villain. Do, your, do your Travolta. Quentin. <laughs> Quentin. That's he plays, perfect. He's like, I don't know... He's like I don't know if he's funny in it. Like uh, I laugh I every time he he's on screen. He's yeah. yeah, but he, he's like trying to be like threatening in the film, and but then he's not. He's, he's not that threatening. Time. Yeah, and like um, I do love like the whole um, the the guy who plays Punisher, like, Thomas Jane. Thomas Jane. Like, yeah, he was a pretty decent Punisher. And um, did you see the short film he was in as the Punisher no. called Dirty Laundry? 
What? Yeah, he's the Punisher. He doesn't wear the the uh, skull and t-shirt but or whatever. Like, but he's doing laundry in the laundromat, and I don't remember exactly what happens, but I think there's like a stick up or something, and he has a bottle of Jack Daniels, and he just takes these dudes out with a bottle, what? and uh, and then goes back to doing his Why laundry. Why does sound so awesome? I'm so happy I picked this. Uh, number, as my it's, we'll, we'll, we'll watch it after it's pretty great cool okay yeah Punisher dude yeah I and then now they're doing the Punisher in the in the television series can't wait which that's is, gonna be I'm awesome super excited for that and I, th- I think they've dropped some stuff I'm sure they dropped some stuff from Comic Con this this week but that was kind of like one of the first major you know with uh, the movies I guess uh, you know trying to bring the Punisher into, into a movie franchise I think it works really well in a television series franchise. Yeah. Um, personally, so it's great how you know they've kind of evolved the character in the entertainment and the film industry a bit. But I do like that film too. It has some certain redeeming qualities about it, and you know, as long as there's guns and you know, it's like revenge <laughs> plot, there's like I'm that part where you like uh, that whole scene where what's his face? They're the one of the one of the floor mates of the neighbors, the roommates, um, Rebecca Romaine, not Rebecca Romaine. Oh, she was in that. That's oh, right. Ben, Ben Forster. Yeah. Where he's, uh, the Foster. Quentin, Quentin <laughs> is being, he's interrogating him and he has all those nose rings and it's like just really torturing him. And the Punisher's like below in this like kind of like cellar and you just see all this tension and it gets, it was a pretty gritty kind of like, it was yeah. pretty extreme at times. It was a hard R. It was a hard R. Yeah. And that's, um, I was glad they kind of did that for a Punisher film. Shawnee, I have a, uh, kind of a personal question to ask you. Okay. Uh, do you have, uh, anywhere on maybe the internet where we could find your work? Oh, that is an amazing question. Um, yeah, you can find me, uh, on Instagram at Music, and then also my website, shondaymusic.net. And yeah, Joe, where can we find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram at Joey Parati, but I'm private. <laughs> and you can check out my website, JoeyParatiScripts.com. There we go, guys. There we go, indeed. Uh, Shawnee, it's been great actually getting to sit uh, down with you. Physically. Re- yeah. Yes. Um, and record this. So I had a good time. I hope our imaginary audience had a good time. It doesn't really <laughs> matter. We're going to keep recording them, even if you didn't. Um... So, uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it has been definitely a great experience to, to have you here this weekend and also do the things that we love to do while you're here. And I thought it was, it was fitting to do an episode of our Top 5's podcast while you're here. Definitely. And, um, yeah, and then we are about to go see Dunkirk. So we'll, uh, um, we'll have a, like, a little review sesh. sesh after that, if anything. And then... Uh, yeah, we'll just uh, see you guys later. Excellent. Um, for Top Fives, I'm Joy Parati. And I'm Sean Day. Thanks, Thanks for listening. listening. That was the most in sync we've ever done it. We got it, we got it that time, baby. <laughs>